0: This episode is presented by Wild Dunes Resort. A resort unlike any other, Wild Dunes offers something for everyone. Award-winning golf, tennis, pickleball, and sparkling pools, delicious on-site dining, and memorable outdoor adventures. Located just outside Charleston in beautiful Isle of Palms, South Carolina, Wild Dunes offers 36 holes of signature golf designed by Tom Fazio. The Lynx course was Fazio's first solo design and is still among his favorites today. From the rustling palms lining the rolling fairways to a finishing hole overlooking the glistening Atlantic, the Lynx course is South Carolina golf at its finest. The Harbor Course, another of Fazio's gems known for its challenging design, beautiful views, and most of all, water. From lagoons and salt marshes to the intracoastal waterway, this course will test all aspects of your game. Whether it's an afternoon golf outing or a week-long excursion, you will enjoy every minute of your golf vacation at Wild Dunes Resort. Learn more about Wild Dunes at wilddunes.com. Welcome back to another episode of the Lynx Golf Podcast, the final episode of season 14 of the podcast. I am Al Lunsford, digital editor for Lynx, joined by my co-host Joe Passoff. And Joe, Tiger Woods back in the news, but not for anything scandalous or particularly clickbaity, but... But there's a few Tiger Woods things going on um, in the near future that when we were thinking about what do we want to talk about in our last episode of this season, you know, why not bring it back to Tiger uh, since he is relevant to a couple of tournaments that are coming up. And we wanted to get more in depth on Tiger as a golf course designer, since one of those tournaments will be contested. P.J. Tour's first tournament contested on a Tiger Woods designed golf course. Uh, His first, very first design uh, in his golf course architecture career. More on that to come. But uh, Joe, can you tell us about what's coming up related to Tiger Woods and professional golf?
1: Sure. I mean, let's be fair. Tiger Woods is uh, sort of the uh, uh, Taylor Swift of golf. Every move he makes is magnified with thousands of social media kits and photographer clicks and everything he was just at pebble beach uh for an event that involved his foundation Um, i mean we still crave tiger woods news tiger woods progress tiger woods developments uh, at 24 hours a day so you know it's kind of fun to actually take a step back and calm down and talk about Tiger Woods, the architect. So Tiger has been involved in designing golf courses. Wow, it's been 15 years. But of course he started at exactly the wrong time, um, right as the recession was hitting in 2008. And it was awful in the US, but it was worldwide as well. So it was a little bit of a, a little bit of a tough start for Tiger. Since then, he has started to produce golf courses, started to expand the portfolio, um, made a remarkable name for himself as an advocate for short, short courses, par three courses that anybody can play and have fun. And uh he's he is very active in that right now with a number of projects uh ready to go uh we'll be starting within a year or so but as you mentioned al some of his completed projects are under the microscope right now because diamante in cabo san lucas mexico and it's el cardinal golf course the very first golf course that Tiger Woods designed that actually opened is going to host the PGA Tour November 2nd through the 5th. And that is for the Worldwide Technology Championship. If that name rings a bell, it's because the Worldwide Technology Championship, among its other names, was played in the Playa del Carmen Cancun area for its first 15 years at Mayacobah. A Greg Norman design and when those folks decided that they were going to go and host the live golf events PGA Tour said well we think we're going to take this tournament somewhere else and it wound up at Diamante's El Cardinal and so we get to talk about and soon folks will get to evaluate this golf course and Tiger Woods design
0: And you got the chance to see this course uh, before it was completed with Tiger. So, we're going to get, we're going to talk to you about that and your experience with that as well. Also, coming up after the Worldwide Technology Championship in December, the very beginning of December, you also have the Hero World Challenge in uh, the Bahamas, Albany in the Bahamas. So, a couple of Tiger Woods tournaments coming up for everyone's viewing pleasure and we also wanted to discuss some of the other courses that tiger has been involved in the design in uh joe and i have each played a few on different sides of the spectrum uh public private international domestic so and like you mentioned short course as well Uh, we've got to see a couple of those so we will get into all of that. Maybe we start at the beginning with Tiger and Joe, you had a really unique opportunity to get to walk that course at Diamante, uh, with Tiger as it was in construction. Do you remember thinking, you know, what were your impressions going into it of Tiger as a designer and how did you, you leave what was your perspective of him as a golf course designer after you got the chance to walk and talk with him at this course
1: yeah al i mean that was one of the great opportunities of my entire professional career is to spend time with tiger at diamante as they he and his team and i'm going to interject here and make sure his team gets credit because a good friend of our program, Bo Welling, who is a very active in his own practice right now, has always been the senior design consultant for Tiger Woods uh, design. Um, and so, as Bo told us uh, when we had him on the podcast a few months ago, um, it, he and Tiger were just in line. They were aligned with the way they thought about how golf should be played and how inclusive it should be. So for the old Fazio guy, Bo Welling, um, to, to match up with Tiger and to exchange ideas and to work these things out in the field was quite fortuitous. And what I really discovered at the time, uh, Bo, Bo Welling was there, along with Brian Bell, uh, president of Tiger's design team, Ken Jowdy, uh, who uh, runs Diamante. I was absolutely Happily surprised, fascinated with how Tiger thought about design. For starters, he knew a lot more about architecture than I would have envisioned. I mean, no disrespect at all, but I just figured as much time as he spends on perfecting his golf game. Like any good golfer, you have ideas about what you like or you don't like. But Tiger really had developed them well. Um, I had had the chance to talk to him a couple of years before about asking for his architectural influences and, uh, again, was just very happy with what I heard. His favorite golf course is the old course at St. Andrews. And then in discussing other golf courses that work very well and design philosophies, he mentioned specifically Pinehurst Number 2. And I thought, well, all right um yeah tell me why and he just loved golf courses where you could play your entire round with one ball where players of all different abilities could get together not score the same but still enjoy the golf course as opposed to just good golfers um or if it was too friendly to higher handicaps was the good player going to be bored so Tiger talked about how much he loved St. Andrews because of all the options that it gave you, the different ways to find the hole, And, you know, again, um, not going out on a limb to say St. Andrews is your favorite. I think Jack Nicholas has been on record as doing that, too. But um, OK, when he talked about Pinehurst and he talked about subtleties and ground game and that sort of thing and then you know i mean threw in some actual architecture um i thought okay this guy's thought a lot about this and the other thing that was clear to me in walking uh in the dirt uh, before any holes had been grassed, they were still shaping was how much fun tiger was having being in the field and he told me oh yeah it's much more fun than than being in the office and and sitting there drawing. Uh, So uh, thought again, that's really cool. He's just getting a kick out of being in his jeans and his work shoes uh, and seeing how it all unfolds as the guys are moving dirt.
0: Yeah, when I got the chance to, uh, when Payne's Valley, which is Tiger's first public course, uh, opened at Big Cedar Lodge in 2020. Uh, I was I got the chance to go to the opening event, the Payne's Valley Cup, uh, which featured Tiger and Rory, Justin Thomas and Justin Rose uh, in an exhibition match. They were joined later at the 19th hole, which is well known by now, by Jack Nicklaus and Gary Player as well. But uh, someone asked Tiger who his design influences were his biggest influences and his answers were Alistair McKenzie of course masters uh, Augusta National where he's had a lot of success Had has had a lot of influences on him as well Uh, he mentioned Tillinghast and he also said Pete Dye which makes a lot of sense when you're talking about the Pete Dye school of architecture is boots on the ground boots getting dirty as well so what you're saying about Tiger being involved and you know, he's more, much more of an uh, on-site guy than a behind-the-desk type of guy, which makes sense for Tiger Woods. For, as, a, as an architect as well, uh, he's very hands-on, it seems. And Payne's Valley was also a great example of what you were describing in terms of playability. It's very hard to lose a golf ball at Payne's Valley. You've got 80-yard fairways stretching side to side, You've got the rough kind of patched down, so you never really have difficulty hitting out of the rough, but it's sticky enough to stop a ball that's that's running and shooting out of the fairway as well uh, and prevents you from losing it. Of course, they have a forced carry. He has an island green, a par 3, 5th uh, hole at Payne's Valley, but other than that, Most holes have more than one way to access the greens. You can stay away from the trouble or you can take it on if you'd like. So emphasizing that playability for everyone, but also giving you shot options that more talented players can certainly uh, find themselves in an advantageous advantageous position if they take on some of these bolder approaches that he offers out there at Paints Valley. Just tying that into the conversation makes a lot of sense with what you were talking about,
1: yeah, I think uh, that holds up beautifully with what Tiger said when they were introducing Paynes Valley. Um, they hadn't broken ground just yet or or they just barely had and i was I was out there for a little presser that Tiger was doing, and he remarked uh, on how. He said, using the ground as your friend is something I believe in for all my designs. And then he said, brown is okay. It doesn't have to be perfectly green. I want the ball running. I want it traveling. I want it moving on the ground. We have some amazing elevation changes at Payne's Valley, some amazing slopes, and I think we can create some interesting options and enjoyment for a lot of players. So it sounds like the finished version matched very well with his original vision for what he wanted to do there.
0: Yeah, that course is like, you think about golden tea in terms of how picturesque it is and wild, wild features, rocky outcroppings, waterfalls. Johnny Morris builds things big at Big Cedar Lodge and Payne's Valley is no exception. It's maybe even the best example of what they built out there in Missouri uh, of nature golf. Um, It extends obviously to the Buffalo Ridge and Ozarks national uh, courses that are already there, but Payne's Valley was a great addition that it has become really popular in large part, I think because of how playable it is. Now there are, I know when I read your piece about El Cardinal, you talked about how there weren't many like things where Tiger didn't stamp his, his name and say Tiger was here, but they've added some of those things at Payne's Valley and it's, and it kind of makes it a a cool thing, especially for the modern traveling golfer. You can play Tiger tees out there. There's there's these big TWT markers um, backed up on most of the holes and, Gets up to like seventy four hundred yards, so decent enough distance.
1: Uh, yeah, I think
0: if you want to challenge yourself,
1: right? I, and which is great, especially because that is a resort course and a destination. I mean, you gotta come from somewhere to get to Big Cedar Lodge, and experience this. And so it's understandable that as Tiger is getting more and more confident in his architecture and understanding the client's needs, hey, let's do something that says. This is Tiger, and he was here, and here's what he did. Um, in the case of Diamante, uh, I felt like, um, you know, it, it was primarily, Diamante's primarily a private club, so it was going to be used by members. And again, this was the first course that he ever designed that actually opened. And when it opened,
0: he,
1: he said, I really like the way it turned out. It evolved. Uh, Diamante's El Cardinal has arroyos, which are those dry creeks that we learned about at LA Country Club this year. Um, Those dry creeks became more of a factor, he said, in the strategy and playability. And this was really impressive to me. He said, we widened them and cleaned them out so that people could challenge them and recover from them. What a huge difference and what a concept because that is classic golf, which is recoverability. And that is something that distinguishes kind of the eighties, nineties aughts golf from classic golden age golf, which is where, okay, there's another hazard. It looks dramatic. Uh, Lost ball. And what Tiger and his team did at El Cardinal was all right, We might place a few of the greens a little more closely or put some risk-reward into carrying the arroyo for a better uh, angle in or a shorter shot in, classic risk-reward, but you know what? We're gonna clean out those arroyos to some degree so that you can find your ball and even possibly play a recovery because that is at the heart of the game is making a spectacular par or whatever number you make after being, wow, I am I am off the grid right this minute. So that's another huge plus that uh, the way the golf course opened uh, at Diamante in 2014.
0: Yeah, in looking back at what you had written when you visited there and talking about some of those features, he said he called the design style "old California." And what what did he mean by that? And and what other places can you compare it to, in that way?
1: Well, exactly. You know, you talked about leaving a Tiger imprint, you know, on a given golf course. If it's the Tiger tees or some other thing, and I think Tiger and Bowwelling Welling and all the folks with TGR Design have been very cognizant about being site specific that they're not going to just put in, um, railroad ties like Pete Dye did, you know, for the sake of having railroad ties on every golf course. Um, or if it's the Tom Weisskopf, Jay Moorish drivable par four, you know, here, we were here and here's our little signature trait, so to speak. And, uh, honestly, uh, TGR design tiger has not done that. So, Old California was site-specific to Diamante's El Cardinal, meaning they took their inspiration from the roaring 20s, golden age California courses like Riviera, Los Angeles Country Club, Bel Air, and those kinds of golf courses. Remember, Tiger grew up in Southern California, and you know, play his first PG Tour event at Riviera. Um hasn't won at Riviera yet, but there's a lot of love uh respecting that style of architecture. And although most of that was George Thomas, um, it still was in the Mackenzie mold of um big features, sprawling bunkers. Uh so that's what old California meant to him in terms of the design at El Cardenal Diamante.
0: You also I'll, asked I'll in, him, oh, go I'll, ahead.
1: Yeah, I'll throw in one more. You referenced that one of his favorite architects was Alistair McKenzie, and not just Augusta National, and Tiger's a fan, we, we'll get into the Blue Jack National discussion in a little bit, but um, Tiger's a huge fan of the sand belt, the Australian sand belt courses right near Melbourne. Uh, He's played several President's Cups there and played in some individual tournaments there and loves what Mackenzie did at Royal Melbourne and Kingston Heath. The fact that you have to think about where you need to land the ball to scoot by the bunkers and get you the best chance of giving you a realistic birdie putt on the green. He just loves the thinking part, figuring out how to work this as opposed to just flying darts and here's the number 186 smack your eight iron and it'll stop right there so that's something i think you see in all of tiger woods designs
0: you know how else do you win a green jacket in your 40s other than being able to to figure out how to attack a hole in more ways than just, like you're saying, overpowering and, and throwing darts. Uh, there's a creative aspect that a course like Royal Melbourne, which you're describing, is is there, is intrinsic to the, the course's uh, nature.
1: Exactly. And I mean, one of the other memories I have of watching Tiger, the tactician, and, and then executing the shots, were in the 2000 Open Championship at St. Andrews, and I mean, this was at the absolute peak of his powers, the year 2000. I mean, he was light years ahead of every other golfer on the planet. But at St. Andrews that year, he figured out a strategy to drive the par 412th and be very comfortable going over the green. And nobody else was doing that. You know, you risked the gorse bushes and some of the other trouble on twelve. It was fairly easily drivable, but if you missed, you could wind up in some awkward positions. By Tiger choosing the club and the shot to go over the green, he now had a chip back uphill into wherever that hole was uh, was located. And I thought, man. He really did his thinking about this. Maybe others did too and just didn't have the skill to execute the plan. But I was just really, really impressed at that point. And once he got thinking about design and thinking about how these things work, I figured, uh, yeah, he's, he's got to be good at this once he sets his mind to, to golf course architecture.
0: This episode is presented by Wild Dunes Resort. A resort unlike any other, Wild Dunes offers something for everyone. Award-winning golf, tennis, pickleball, and sparkling pools, delicious on-site dining, and memorable outdoor adventures. Located just outside Charleston in beautiful Isle of Palms, South Carolina, Wild Dunes offers 36 holes of signature golf designed by Tom Fazio. The Lynx course was Fazio's first solo design and is still among his favorites today. From the rustling palms lining the rolling fairways to a finishing hole overlooking the glistening Atlantic, the Lynx course is South Carolina golf at its finest. The Harbor Course, another of Fazio's gems known for its challenging design, beautiful views, and most of all, water. From lagoons and salt marshes to the intracoastal waterway, this course will test all aspects of your game. Whether it's an afternoon golf outing or a week-long excursion, you will enjoy every minute of your golf vacation at Wild Dunes Resort. Learn more about Wild Dunes at wilddunes.com. You had also asked him before you left that day at El Cardinal what makes a golf course great. And he responded by saying, I believe great golf courses are the result of variety, strategy, a distinctive environment, and the ability to make golfers think and make choices. So that envelops a, a lot about his personal perspective in golf course design, and certainly the courses he talks about as being his favorite St. Andrews chief among them. Well, you
1: figured, again, like Jack Nicholas was criticized early in his career, in his design career, about building golf courses and golf holes that were great for Jack, but not for too many other people. Um, meaning you had to come in really high and land your approaches soft, you know, lots of room to drive the ball, which encouraged huge hitting and that kind of thing. And I I mean, Tiger realistically could have done the same thing, but the joy for Tiger apparently seemed to be in inclusiveness, in getting, as he put it, his buddies that didn't play quite as well as he did, but they all wanted to be on the same tee together. That's why he wound up professing a liking for the teeing box style of Robert Trent Jones Sr., like we saw at Firestone. So instead of individual islands of tee box at different angles, he kind of liked one big long tee box because he said he liked being up there with his friends. And so everybody would gather if they were all playing the tips. But then even if they weren't, Tiger would hit his shot, and then they'd all walk up together to the next set of tees, and he really enjoyed that. You can see that inclusiveness in how he designs his championship courses with so many run-up options to allow for the shorter low-ball hitter to have fun, and then especially in his par-3 courses, his short courses, which are super short, anywhere holes from 45 to you know, 110, if you will. And again, he doesn't want 210 yard holes and having, you know, to lug a whole bag of clubs to play a par three course. And I think you experienced that firsthand, Al, um, at the hay at Pebble Beach.
0: Yeah, I believe the, the longest hole at the hay is the second hole. And it's 106 yards. It's called... Seven, because it's a replica of the seventh hole at Pebble Beach, which is well-known as one of the best and uh, most famous par threes in the world. Uh, What Tiger wanted to do is, you know, realizing that, hey, everyone may not get the chance to play Pebble uh, because of the green fee, because of kind of the exclusivity. It is public, but, you know, there's a hurdle to jump there. But the hay at Pebble Beach is, I believe it's the only short course on the Monterey Peninsula, and the green fee is about sixty-five dollars, so much more accessible, uh, and gives anyone who walks up the chance to experience uh, what that whole kind of is all about. Sands the ocean, but uh, in in building it, it's essentially the. A replica of that seventh hole. Um, the big thing at the hay too was let's maximize these views. It's set at the top of uh, a hill there overlooking Carmel Bay. Uh, like you said, I think there's only one other hole that reaches 100 yards. That's the ninth hole, which is also kind of a funny little hole. So all of the the holes there, their uh, yardage I think, is related to something significant in Pebble Beach's championship history. Uh, for example, the par three seventh—they're all par threes, mind you—but the seventh hole, sixty-one yards, uh, because Jack Nicklaus won the U.S. Amateur at Pebble Beach in 1961, and it it kind of so it goes with the rest of the holes. Uh, The ninth hole is 100 yards because of the 100th U.S. Open Championship in 2000, which, of course, Tiger Woods won by a record 15 strokes at Pebble Beach. And the green there was among the most fun, I thought, on this little nine-hole short course because it has the thumbprint feature that you see now and then. Uh, almost like a funnel in the center of the green where you could put the pin or you could put the pin around that funnel and have to play uh, up and down and around this little indention. Uh, the joke is that they put that funnel in the green there because that's what all the pins must have looked like to Tiger Woods during his <laughs> 2000 season. So a lot of fun. Uh, it's It's all about camaraderie and being together with your group there. There was no one else playing when I played the hay. And I I think we got around in 25 minutes. So, you know, it's it's a quick dash if you're not waiting on people. Uh, But you only need three clubs max, a couple wedges and a putter. And you're going to get great conditions, excellent, greens, interesting greens that are similar to ones that you would face on Pebble Beach golf links, and a not so serious round of golf, which is, I think, more and more appreciated these days uh, as golf stuffiness kind of can breathe again. Um, yeah, the haze, a lot of fun.
1: The operative word is fun. And he, from the get-go, established that with his short courses at Blue Jack National uh, just outside of Houston, Texas. And he did a course, a 10-hole short course called the Playgrounds. What a really good name for how that golf course functions. Again, the holes are short. They have imaginative contouring on and around the greens, but pretty much they're all open in front. So that means, and this was his wish, you know, understanding at the time he designed them, um, and I got this insight from Tiger's camp, that his kids were young. He was envisioning a golf course that he could play with his kids. He was envisioning a golf course where grandparents and parents and kids could come together in a setting that said, you're gonna have fun here. Is it a complete test the way many par threes are? Well, no, it's not. But throw that out the window because the operative word is fun. And Tiger, you remember a very famous opening, um, course opening for the playgrounds back in 2016, I believe. Um, And uh, he was still nursing injuries at that point. Um, But the two young kids that were picked by the local, uh, junior golf association to play with him. Uh, very first hole young man, comes, young lady comes up and hits a lovely shot onto the green and young uh, child comes up, uh, 10 years old, 11 years old, and makes a hole in one makes an ace in front of the gallery in front of Tiger and, uh, of course, it, it made national news at the time, understandably so. And Tiger loved it, because the, especially because the ball worked its way off the slopes that were specifically designed to get the ball closer to the hole. And the other thing Tiger really enjoyed about that day, because he was nursing his back injuries, was he was able to play the whole course with a putter. And that just said to him, we did this right. If you really wanted to play this course with just a putter, you could. And that's about as inclusive as it gets. So that's the way he started off with those short courses, was at Blue Jack National. And, um, of course, the championship course he did there was incredibly well received. Best new private course of the year with all the publications And, um, and, and still very popular seven years later with uh, an Augusta National kind of feeling to it with clean lines and elevation changes and pine straw and no rough and and that sort of thing. So it continued exactly what he wanted to do, that design philosophy of letting the ball have some fun along the ground and don't waste time looking for lost balls and, and that sort of thing. So Blue Jack National was uh, his first Uh, United States golf course that opened and, um, you know, again, set the tone as these other golf courses have become, uh, coming on board.
0: Yeah. And that was the, it opened as the, his second course, right. After, uh, El Cardinal at Diamante. So second overall course first in the U S and you visit that one as well. Did you, I know you said it continued what we saw, um, previously at Diamante, but could you sense a maturity in this next course after seeing the first one? Uh, I know things are obviously different in the environment there and how those two golf courses play has to be, uh, markedly different, but could you tell that, you know, after getting a a crack at one, the second one, uh, you could see some things really working.
1: Yeah, I think uh, what I learned from Blue Jack was how well that Tiger's t- design team um, managed to be site specific. So with El Cardinal, for those of you who don't know, because we haven't really discussed it specifically, it's a desert golf course that climbs up into mountain foothills, and so on some holes, and maybe we'll get into this, you get mountain views, and on some holes you get ocean views, but it's a desert, fundamentally it's a desert golf course. Whereas at Blue Jack, there were a lot of pre-existing corridors from a golf course that Bill Coor and Ben Crenshaw had done, I don't know, 10 years before. It actually opened. Uh Corn Crenshaw didn't quite finish everything they wanted to do, but it opened and eventually it closed and it was sold to new ownership and went through a couple of iterations. And by the time Tiger and Bo Welling uh, came into the picture, um, you know, you had something that was not a raw site. You had an already fairly mature site with beautiful pines and oaks. And so what Tiger and Bo Welling did there was to say again, Well, here's the site we have. There's some really great elevation change. The constants and and the similarities between the two were emphasis on the ground game, or with off the T's, an absence of traditional rough for the most part, Uh, green contours that were broad rather than heavily sloped or divided into sections, Um, lots of great chipping possibilities around the greens. So what you had were a few more lakes and more dramatic bunkering at Blue Jack, again, because of the nature of the site. But you had a lot of similarities as well.
0: I guess that lends itself for me to you know, go back to Payne's Valley and, and think about, you know, when you talk about a site-specific golf course, you know, that's sitting up on, kind of starting on top of a rock, playing down into this valley almost first hole is almost like a fingerling uh fairway out into the valley looking over the trees and in the the mountains of the Ozarks and then you kind of get a little bit lower you climb back up a ridge line come back down and then finish uh with an 18th looking straight at this humongous limestone wall where the the clubhouse sits on top of. And the other side of that is the mountaintop par three Gary Players design. Uh, After you're done with the round, you've got, a, I think it's legitimately a mile drive um, winding up and side to side on the the side of this limestone wall of rock. So um, every setting that he's designed a course has been very different from one to the next. Uh, so we really haven't seen much that is in terms of comparing one place to another. There's not, you can't really make a straightforward comparison because of how different Tiger's courses have been so far. And we've seen him do some other things as well. Um, Now we can get into what he's got going on now and what to expect in the future. Um, Another thing Tiger has done that has gained some popularity in the past couple of years is uh, he partnered with Popstroke in 2019. Popstroke uh, offers an entertainment facility uh, with miniature golf, full-service restaurants, um, and each features two synthetic turf putting courses designed by Tiger and his TGR uh, design team. So, uh, I think right now they're up to seven venues in Florida, Texas, and Arizona. They expect to be up to twenty-eight locations in eight states by the end of 2025, or by 2025. Um, so, and so and so,
1: Al, jump. these are putting courses but cutting courses with actual like golf course architecture going on.
0: Yeah. And I haven't actually played it, but I have some, actually have some friends that got to play it uh, a few months ago. And it's, you know, not every hole is a, a par two, like a regular putt-putt with, you know, metal blocks and humps and bumps. And I mean, you're, you're talking about, you know, there's turf and then there's a kind of a, bunker not not sand but fashioned the turf is fashioned differently um there's part threes part fours out there uh so it's more of a you know not every hole is going to be a straight shot hole in one you you must be better to to plod your way and insert some strategy into your miniature golf game uh to score well there and you could absolutely go for glory every time and end up in some precarious spots, but, uh, Tiger is designed these courses to be played with thought, much like his, his other, uh, regulation golf course designs.
1: Well, I'll, uh, I'll chat a little bit about, uh, what competitors at the worldwide technology championship should expect, uh, at, el cardinal at diamante uh during the pga tour event there november 2nd through the fifth and then maybe we'll talk about what else the tiger woods design camp has going on in the planning stages so um perfect again just having been fortunate to play el cardinal a number of times uh down there for the grand opening and um it's very interesting they The the development team at Diamante decided they weren't blessed with as more spectacular piece of property as their original course, which was the Davis Love designed dunes course. That course sweeps right through sand dunes and several holes that play right next to the Pacific Ocean. I mean... It's in everybody's top 100 and Mexico's top ranked course for good reason. So they knew with Tiger's sight, they weren't going to be able to compete with that. And so they figured, let's complement it as opposed to competing with it. And I think they did a really nice job. Um, there should be enough length, even in the nice thin desert air, uh, seven thousand four hundred and fifty two yards, par seventy two. And, um, you know, plenty of long par fours to kind of kind of test the game, if you will, but a lot of variety within the round. And, you know, I alluded to this earlier, but at the opening, Tiger pointed out, um, you know, an, an eye towards walkability and emphasis on options in the ground game. And he said, I wanted to provide many different ways to play the holes. I didn't want a lot of forced carries and wanted almost every hole to allow shots to run onto the greens. So, okay, mission accomplished. Now, some would say, some would argue, wow, you've got these cool arroyos running through this property. Why didn't you stick a green, like, just on the other side of it? Or, you know, or several, or have it cut through the middle of the fairway a couple of times just to create more drama? And that's one of those Tiger Woods aspects that, again, I salute, which is restraint. Maybe, maybe, maybe another architect or many other architects would have chosen more drama. But you know what? That also would have meant more lost balls. That's been the running debate about Pinehurst number two for all those years. Where's the drama? You know, where are the force carries? Where's the, you know, green edged by the lake and all that. And people still love Pinehurst number two because they wind up with a complete test, just not quite as visually dramatic as a lot of the other top courses. And El Cardinal works the same way. You've got, again, um, your share of holes where you can take on some risk and rewards drive over some fairway bunkers to shorten things, to improve the angle, risk flirting with the Arroyo on one side or another. But for the most part, it's a relatively friendly golf course um, because of the width of the fairways. Uh, it, It can get pretty breezy there, as Tiger stated, so fairways are wide. And nobody likes to play a narrow desert golf course where you're just, Oh man, I'm, you know, I'm out in the cactus and rocks again. So <clears throat> I think it'll be a really, really good test for those guys, depending on if they get a little breeze or not, um, which can certainly happen down on the ocean. But um, there's one hole, the shortest hole on the course, the par three sixteenth, that is a force carry. That's just how the team chose and had to deal with the Arroyo as it was cutting through. So yes, There's a little more drama on that hole than maybe any of the others. But again, not a terribly long par three. Um, Distance is it'll play just 154. So pretty steep drop offs if you miss and um, some other challenges uh, with the contouring of the green. But um, yeah, I I think this will make for, like I said, a really intriguing test for the PGA Tour come November.
0: And a tough one to predict, probably uh, who might fare well. Kind of seems like doesn't really cater to one specific style of play. Uh, a lot of ways to to attack that course,
1: right? Especially with the fact that um, you should be getting all the run that you really want from the ball. So uh, it's not going to overly penalize the shorter hitter you know, the longer hitter might have that happen where he runs into a little more trouble. Mm. So it is a little bit of an equalizer under those conditions.
0: Well, we'll look forward to, to seeing that again here in a couple of weeks. Now we'll, let's move on to what Tiger has on the docket, Joe. Uh, I know of a couple, and maybe you you know of more than than this but the ones that have been making headlines uh, are a couple of for noteworthy reasons Uh, one is near park city utah a a private club called marcella club is going to be opening with a tiger woods tgr design layout uh tiger's first mountain layout so again unique site you could probably call Payne's Valley a mountain layout, although it could be considered more of a valley layout, right? Uh, it's not really mountainous in its play. Uh, this seems to be more uh, intris- intrinsically tied to those big mountains in Utah. And uh, the the kicker, the big um, click-worthy headline for this place is that the scorecard reads over 8,000 yards, Joe. So no. Tiger, Tiger, when you talk about Tiger proofing a place, Tiger may have Tiger proofed his own design.
1: I know. I mean, it certainly made a little bit of news when it was announced. Um, and, and you think, oh, wait, we've been talking about how inclusive all of Tiger's courses are. And here he's building this thing 8,064 yards from the tips. Uh, hold on, hold on. It's up at Park City, which has 7,000 feet of elevation. It's a true mountain experience. So um, I don't have my math and uh, equ- equivalents in front of me, but 8,064 yards will be something in the neighborhood of 7,300 or so, given the ev- elevation. I mean, when the Robert Trent Jones golf trail course One or two of them hit you at more than 8,000 yards from the tips. And you're pretty far down there uh, in Alabama. Wow. You know, that is going to take some hitting. At this golf course for Tiger, um, yeah, it's still a big number, but not as fearsome as the number would imply based on that elevation.
0: And that'll be the first course. uh, They'll have 36 out there eventually, but Tigers will be the first phase there at Marcella Club. The other one made news because of who else is involved with this Tiger Woods design course in New Jersey. Um, The name kind of says it all. It's Trout National, the reserve, and the figurehead leading the charge there is Mike Trout, well-known Major League Baseball player, uh, one of the best, if not the best player in the MLB right now, uh, decided he wanted to open a club near uh, his hometown in Vineland, New Jersey. the The site is an old silica sand mine uh, with farmland around it. Uh, and Tiger's going to go out there and, and build a course for Mike Trout. Joe, that both of those that we're talking about now, Marcella and Trout National, are looking like 2025 openings. But um, you know, I don't really know a ton about trout national they released just Same in thing. august the the yep. rendering of the the routing there but don't really know a ton other than it's a new jersey course on a former sand mine
1: yeah i, be- I believe they're touting it uh, completion is sc- scheduled for 2025 um and you know with trout national the preserve um, not just the fun of getting to work, you know, I mean, two first ballot Hall of Famers working together on this, but any architect on this planet, and that includes Tiger and Bo Welling and anybody else, just absolutely salivates at the opportunity of being able to work on pure sand because you can move stuff around so quickly and mold it to whatever you want with the little cool links like random contours, seemingly. And what a joy to be able to do that. In addition to leaving exposed sand for the aesthetic considerations, strategic considerations. I mean, there's a golf, another golf course in New Jersey that seemed to do that fairly well 100 years ago called Pine Valley. And um, so, well. We're not, we're not going to put Trout National, the preserve, in Pine Valley's class just yet. But anytime you're working with sand, uh, along with the greenness of trees and shrubbery and so forth, there's the potential to be a fantastic golf course.
0: Looks like Pine Valley is just under 30 miles from Vineland, New Jersey, where this project's going to be taking place. So... Topography could be pretty close to one of the best courses in the world.
1: Nice to have a couple of good inter-club matches to uh, take place uh, in that neck of the woods.
0: Sure thing. Uh, If if they want it, I'm sure that uh, it would be reciprocated quite easily. Um, Also going to be a short course there. Look, keep an eye out for that again in 2025. Um, Joe, is there anything else there that... Uh, Tiger also had going on.
1: Yeah, there's still some other projects in the works. I mean, we shouldn't forget that uh, a few years back, maybe three or four years ago, five years ago now, uh, he completed a par three course in the Bahamas called Jack's Bay. And interestingly, uh, the developers there have signed on Jack Nicklaus's company uh, to do the championship course there. So makes sense, given it's Jack Nicklaus and the property's called Jack's Bay. So Jack and Tiger will uh, share architectural credits with the two different courses there. Um, Diamante, which Tiger course authored El Cardinal, Tiger also did in 2016 the Oasis short course, a really fun, flexible 12-hole par 3 course, but it has the capacity to be utilized as a three-hole golf course, almost a practice course, of a par three, a par four, and a par five. So most of the time it's set up to have family play and good players play um, as 12 par threes and quite walkable. But um, Tiger has another golf course that's slowly but steadily making progress at Diamante called the Legacy Club, and that's going to be intended for uh A private real estate audience, Um, not positive how much exposure it'll get, uh, because it'll be pretty exclusive. But um, again, it's Tiger doing more work at Diamante. And then, um, you know, a couple other projects that are in various stages of progress. One is a totally special project uh, at Cobbs Creek in Philadelphia. And Tiger, uh, of course, that's a fabled municipal layout that was designed by the great Hugh Wilson, who did Marion and also did work at Pine Valley. And it's a golf course that, like many municipalities, just saw it run down. So Gil Hance uh, has signed on to revitalize the championship course. Tiger will do the short course there, along with some educational programs uh, through his foundation. Um, Progress is, again, it's a little slow. It's uh, two steps forward, one step back, and then one and two. A lot of politics still in play there, but hopefully moving forward with that. um, Still got a project in Chicago that's not off the books, uh, that was right on the lake, south shore and jackson park that was talked about at least five years ago and um again i don't know what stage that's in they were going to take those two kind of tired municipal golf courses and combine them into one great one um and yeah a couple other possibilities as well but this is what we know for sure i will say that uh maybe the strangest site of all is tiger is in dubai that he signed on to do his very first golf course back in 2006. And in the big economic downturn and recession of 2008, it stopped moving forward. And eventually it was abandoned. And then in 2014, Donald Trump and, and a UAE partner came in and said, let's do a project together. And um, let's have Tiger Woods do the golf course, because most of the golf course was going to be designed in the same place that his previous one was. And lo and behold, within four years, that one stopped entirely. So Tiger's had two stops and starts and then ultimately stopped permanently um, on his Dubai project. And then you may have seen in the news on social media within the last week, Tiger did do a layout for a spectacular seaside property in Mexico called Punta Brava. And uh, there was some recent chatter that said Tom Doak is proceeding on that long stalled project. Not quite sure whether some of Tiger's design is being used, all of it or none of it. But that's where Tiger was supposed to design a golf course. Again, this goes back to 2010 at least. And perhaps it's going to be a Tom Doak course there now. So that's what I know right this minute about what Tiger Woods design is up to. And for now, we'll look back and look forward to a healthy Tiger hitting golf balls again and possibly entering the Hero World Challenge at the end of November and December in the Bahamas, um, and then seeing his architecture on display in early November at Diamante's El
0: Cardinal. Yeah, so in short, what is Tiger up to in terms of design? Quite a lot. You know, it's kind of slow on the uptick when he was first starting out. Uh, his first course opens in 2014. A uh, couple designs here and there, but Really, Joe, in the past you know, three or four years, things have sped up quite a bit. As Tiger gets to the end of his really competitive playing career, uh, it opens him up to more of these opportunities. So I think we're going to see a lot in the way of TGR-designed courses, facilities, short courses, pop-stroke locations, Uh, More and more is on the way, it seems like. So that's really exciting news for fans of Tiger Woods and anyone who wants to play a golf course associated with one of the greatest players of all time.
1: Absolutely right, Al. I think, you know, with Tiger being realistic about his future playing and competitive days, um, he's always been fascinated by architecture. Now I think he's seeing there are different ways for him to be relevant and absolutely immersed in the game, even if it's not competing at the highest level. We're not going to take that away from him yet, but certainly he sees that, you know, as he approaches 50 and beyond, um, making his mark through his designs uh, very much the way Jack Nicholas did for a long time. So, um, yeah, Uh, and as we see the social media needle pegged every time tiger appears and it doesn't doesn't seem like his popularity is going away anytime soon
0: yeah we're here for all of it especially as it relates to links because this is a lot of what links does is cover course design so tiger wants to work his way into that industry more and more it's okay by us there you go all right joe way to cap another season we'll talk to you guys again soon